Hi there, my name's Jack, and I love horrible movies. Each week on the Horrible Movie Podcast, producer Phil, a guest, and I talk about a horrible movie. We talk about the actors, directors, the budget, the box office, and like thereof. You also get silly songs, fake commercials, and too much fun to list on this promo. Available everywhere you get your podcast. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Welcome to the Wobizzle Podcast for women who own or aspire to own their own businesses. I'm Michelle. And I'm Melissa. And we're here to give you the tips and tools you need to succeed. Let's get started. Well, welcome. Today is episode nine of the Wobizzle Podcast, and the topic today is setting and raising rates. Oh, rates. <laughs> it, you know what? The, the idea of setting and raising rates, it, 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 is, it is one of those topics that is always out there. Oh yeah. We're always talking about uh-huh. it. People are always wondering about it. And that's really we've touched on it a little bit in previous podcasts, but it has been coming up in my Facebook feed and so many of the groups right. that I'm involved in that I that and coming up in conversations with yes. people we're having that we decided we needed to devote an entire episode just to the topic of setting and raising rates. Now a few things that we're gonna talk about today are how to decide what to charge. Mm-hmm. Also if you are already charging when you're raising your rate, when to do it and how. Right. And then um, we've got some tips for flat rate and per project pricing to make... Oh, the flat rate project. (laughs) That just always makes me a little short of breath. (laughs) Yeah. You got to make sure you protect yourself and you don't get the short end of the stick on that one. And then also dealing with pushback and negotiators. And Melissa has like a whole list of delicious warning signs. Oh, yes. And no, we've heard them. <laughs> we've sing, heard yes. them. We've heard, well, I think we've heard all of them at least once. <laughs> Between the two of us, definitely. So, yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about that as well. So how to decide what to charge. Melissa, you've been doing this a long time. Think back to that oh, first time. The how did days. Yeah. How did you decide what to charge? Well, you know, I started out working as a journalist, and you don't really negotiate your rate there as mm-hmm. much as you do in marketing or commercial writing. Um, so for the first few years, I just got what they paid me. Mm-hmm. And I would try to raise my per rate or per word rate, you know, with higher markets, not necessarily with the same market, but just kept trying to grow in that direction. When I started doing commercial uh, marketing typewriting, my first gig does not count because I <laughs> I totally knew what I was getting into. It was a get, it, get in and get out quick, uh-huh. build my book. Right. And it was a low rate. Mm-hmm. Um but beyond that, my next one, what I had gone through all this stress to like, oh, what am I going to ask for? You know, blah, blah, blah. I was looking at an hourly rate for really the very first time. And he offered me more than I was going to ask for. <laughs> and so I, I kind of jumped in making more than I anticipated needing. Uh-huh. And so that was nice. And that kind of set the the baseline moving forward because I thought, well, if in 2002 I was making this... In 2005 or 2010 or whatever, I need to be making at least this much more. So mm-hmm. the first baseline for me was a fluke. Uh-huh. That's, but that's good because yeah. you would have underpriced yourself. Oh, I totally would have. And mm-hmm. had he not thrown out the price first, 
Yeah. He would have taken what I offered oh, because he would have been saving money. Have. You know, of course he'd be like, would have. oh, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it was um, it was a little bit different. So I've been doing this a little less less time than you have uh, now, about what seven or eight years. And when I when I first started, I was kind of freelancing while I had a day job, and so I was kind of in the same boat as you because I didn't need the money. I was just trying to get the experience. Right. So in some cases, I just took what was offered um, for the for the job. But then when I actually decided, okay, I'm going to go out. On my own, I'm going to do this. I did go through the formula that we're going to talk about here in a minute mm-hmm. or two. I did go through that formula and I came up with a rate. And I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to tell people what my rate is because here's the thing. I just saw this thing on Vice News. I don't uh-huh. know if anybody watches Vice News, but it was on Molly Moon's homemade ice cream out right. of Redmond, Washington. And that company has just decided that they are going to be completely transparent with what they pay everybody, names included, with nice. the entire company. And they, because they, what they had, and they went through this process, they had to basically make sure that they were paying everybody what they should be paid. Well, and transparency helps with that. Right. And so they went through this internal process before they started doing it. But her point was, you know, American culture, we're so like taboo about talking about money. And that's kind of, that kind of keeps us all down a little bit because we don't know what other people are charging. So... Well, so and we I think don't know where to start. Especially women. Exactly. It's because we are people pleasers and we want to get the job and we want to do well and we want them to call us again. And yeah. oh, money, we can work around that. Right. And exactly. it needs to be upfront because I think for men, more often it is. Yeah. Like, show me the money. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Men have no problem with this. None. Yeah. Yeah. My husband's all If you are a man and you have a problem with it, let us know. Yeah. It's true. We'd like to learn more. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I'll just, I'm just going to be fully transparent so that people know if somebody's starting out or somebody's doing what. I was doing or am doing now. So I was starting out as a freelance writer, mm-hmm. going to do help help with marketing and social media in a very specific industry. I went through the process that we're going to line out here in a minute, and I came up with I decided fifty dollars an hour was going to be my rate. Okay, so that's right around where my baseline was too. When right, I started. so fifty dollars an hour was going to be my rate, and this was in twenty twelve, and then my first uh, project opportunity came up. My first hourly project opportunity came up. And it was for not freelance writing or marketing so much as it was for video production, which uh-huh. I got a strong background in video production. Right. And I felt like I, w- I was kind of panicked. I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know. I was going to have lunch with this person and they were going to ask oh. the rate. And I was oh, gonna, the face-to-face negotiation. Right. Oh. And so, and I hadn't really settled on the $50, right. but I, I kind of thought that's what I'm going to charge. And I did a little research on video production because I know video production is a really it's a it's a more finely tuned skill set, mm-hmm. and so I thought, well, maybe I should charge more for that service. And so I started checking locally to see what other people were charging. Right, and fortunately, which is a good idea. Yeah, fortunately, because a lot of people don't put rates on their websites and because it's hard it to varies. Find. Right, exactly. mine varies. Mine's all over the map. Yeah, so I found. Um, a video production company, actually I'm close friends uh, with uh, one of the owners, and they happened to have their rates on uh, on their website. Mm-hmm. And their rates were $150 an hour. And I thought, huh, they've been marketing themselves. Now, I had, I had not quite as much experience as they – I mean, I had enough experience for this job for sure. But they, you know, had higher-level equipment. 
They had a full crew. They had they had a lot of bells and whistles that I couldn't offer. Right. And weren't needed for this project. Uh-huh. But so I was like, I can't charge 150 because that sounds absolutely outrageous for what I'm going to be delivering. Right. But 50 now seems too small. Yeah. So I was because like, if you price too low, right. they question your credibility. Exactly, like, does this person really know what they're doing? So I think as I'm sitting at the restaurant waiting for this potential client to show up, mm-hmm. I'm going through all this in my head. Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Yeah, and so I decided I'll cut it in half, seventy-five an hour. And so that became my rate. That's how I decided my rate for everything was seventy-five an hour. I was nice. like, so, and I whenever she arrived and she outlined the project, and then she asked me what my rate was. I it just I blurted it out of my mouth thinking she's gonna be like, No, can't, sorry, I can't pay that. And she's like, Okay. Boom. <laughs> and then I'm like, I should have charged 150 an hour. <laughs> no, no, really. Seventy five an hour was my rate up until last year when I finally raised my rates. And we're gonna talk about raising rates. Oh in yeah, a little that's bit. uncomfortable too. But um so yeah, seventy five dollars an hour. And I tell you what, I never really had I never really felt like anybody I, that I lost any clients. I definitely didn't lose any clients for my rate, but I feel like I never, when I told somebody what my rate was, I don't feel like anyone ever said, oh, I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. Because what usually I found is that hourly rates can scare people. So if they don't understand how long a project's going to take, then that's where that project pricing comes in. But um, but yeah, sometimes if people don't understand the hourly rate, it can scare them off. Well, and also I think the hourly rate is very different not maybe numerically, but with what can be done in an hour. Right. Like, I promise you, I can run circles around someone just starting out in an hour. Mm -hmm. I can accomplish twice as much. Mm -hmm. That's not because I'm twice as good. It's because I'm 10 times more experienced. Right. I can do a lot in an hour. Absolutely. So my hourly rate might cause some people to think, whoa. But it's like, well, really, that's for two. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And... It's it's true. It's and it, a lot. Of, if you work faster, you shouldn't be punished because for, of that, right? Exactly. So Which is where the flat rate comes in. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 So we're going to walk through the formula, kind of a tried and true formula for setting your rate. But before you do that, before you kind of start taking notes or whatever on that formula, one thing I want to encourage you to do when you're setting your rate is you've got to get in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you need to get into a headspace where you are value, valuing yourself, right? Um, assessing your worth and being very realistic about it in terms and practical about it from a client perspective, but also owning your skill set and your right. experience and what value you bring to the table. And that's well, and so it's a important. little uncomfortable, but it's important. It, I mean, is, it is so important. It's absolutely because important. you know we're we're taught our whole lives don't toot your own horn, mm-hmm. don't have too big of a head about the whole thing. And it's like you really in this instance you have to. You do, yeah. You absolutely have to. And women are notoriously terrible at setting oh. rates. <laughs> It's. I mean, we are just. We, you know, we we're we're all about pay equality in the workplace, but then we won't set our own rate. Right. Well, and, and there have been studies that yeah. women freelancers make less than men, and I promise you, and part of it is because they don't ask. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we're also bad about giving ourselves raises, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But so definitely do an inventory of your experience. Do some soul searching. An inventory of your experience, your skills, what you're going to bring to the table. For your clients, mm-hmm. and and make sure that you're giving yourself enough credit, right? You know, and if you need a, a friend to help, then then talk it through with. And a friend. you might want to have a friend. To help. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you can always g- join the 
Women, Women of, of Wobizzle Facebook mm-hmm. group. Get on Facebook, search for Women of Wobizzle, and request to join the group. And there's a caring community within that group that will answer your questions Definitely. and, and um, help you help you kind of come to terms with We'll help you set. set your rates. Heck no yes. problem. Heck yes. All right. So the formula, the long-awaited formula. Dun, da, so, da. And this works for, if you're first starting out, it also works if you're thinking about raising your rate. And mm-hmm. if you're thinking about raising your rate, you need to just raise your rate. Right. Right. So so use this formula. First, you start with the number of your desired annual salary. Mm-hmm. How much do you want to make? Now, don't get outrageous. I want to make $1 million. Oh, yeah. I'd like to <laughs> make a million dollars this year, too. <laughs> Boom. Be, be realistic about it. But what would, what would be kind of your dream number of what, what you want to make this year, uh-huh. next year, whatever, whenever you're starting? And then you take your expenses. So you you know if you have an office outside of the home your rent any office supplies uh printer ink nobody ever tells you how much printer ink is going to cost right oh my god my new printer i only have to buy it like once a year i know That's i need crazy. I, I need to come over to your to your office and and print things <laughs> um health insurance okay which is always going up yes. always 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 yeah so if you are if you're already freelancing or already um you know having your own business at an hourly rate and your health insurance is going up every year. Here's a little hint: you need your hourly rate needs to be going up right. every year. So um, everything's going to go. Your internet, everything. You know, work in some paid vacation for yourself. <laughs> what? Right? Yeah, exactly. Work. <sighs> bring together all of those numbers. How much is it going to cost you to do business, to take care of your expenses, uh, working in some paid vacation for yourself? Figure that all out. What What are the annual numbers on that? So you've mm-hmm. got your annual salary. You're going to Add up all those expenses, the annual um, amount on those expenses. Then you're going to add 20% for taxes. At least. Yes, at least. Some some folks uh, recommend 20 to 40%. Mm-hmm. So add that. Multiply that by... <laughs> Which is always such a bummer. You're like, wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. But, but you need to, you you need do to it. be in front of so it. Add that. Then you take that number. So now you've got a nice number. Well, one thing... Also, you might want to add is towards your own retirement. If you have a job, yes. you're contributing to a 401k. You're right. I didn't include that mm-hmm. in the formula. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, you need to be formula. putting that in there. So then defi- divide that number then by the number of weeks that you want to work. So if you want to take a two-week vacation or if you want to take a six-week vacation, you, make, you divide it by the number of weeks right. that you want to work. And then divide that number... Uh, divide by the number of hours per week. So, um, and don't do forty. It's not forty hours. You're mm-hmm. not going to be. Work- you have so much non-billable time. Ugh, so as much a, as a business owner, you are going to have so much non-billable. I time. I mean, a six-hour, seven-hour, eight-hour day is a lot. Right. Yeah. When you factor in all the non-billable. Absolutely. Time. If you fact, you know, if you have billed out eight hours of one day, you've been at your desk for at least ten. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of think. The sweet spot is make 20 hours a week of actual bill- billable time is what my I goal. usually plan yeah, on. That's yeah, that's my goal. Yeah. So, so yeah. So divide the number by the number of weeks you want to work and then divide that by the number of hours per week. And again, not 40. 20 is a good number to mm-hmm. kind of look at. And then that provides you with the foundation for that hourly rate. And another thing about doing this, going through this process, is that also provides you with a target for your number of hours to book per week. So you can kind of get a feeling, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have enough hours, you know, next I week. I need to or fill I up next month. Right. I only have 10 hours on the book. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It gives you kind of a target so that, right. you, you know, that you can eventually achieve that bigger number that you want to. 
And so um, then that kind of gives you the uh, the foundation. Then you take that rate uh-huh. and you compare it to industry standards, which you can find. Google it. Just Google it. You can right. find, you know, what do people like me doing this thing uh-huh. with this much experience? What's the average? Freelancing females. Yes. Has a great, yes. great resource for that. Yeah. And if you're in other industries, say maybe you're a, a, a personal fitness trainer, I'm sure that information's uh-huh. out there. Just Google it and find out what those industry averages right. are. And then then you also have to, if you're if you're taking on clients primarily in your location... You're going to have to take that into consideration, right? So, if you're in Glendive, of Montana, for example, mm-hmm. <laughs> you may not be able to charge a hundred dollars an hour for social media services, right? Right, but you may be able to charge that in Chicago, right? Or you may be able to charge, which more is in why Chicago. it always pays to have coastal clients, right? Because Absolutely, you always. You know, yes. I mean, we're right here in the middle. Yeah. But if I have a client in California or New York, I'm always making more. Yeah, yeah. So keep that into account. Like if you have a local market, um, if you're primarily serving a local market, then you're going to need to mm-hmm. talk to some folks in the industry or f- try to find that out. You know, like I did, I went on some websites and tried to right. find out video production rates. So, um, and I, you know, I find people are often willing to share that information. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have an established relationship mm-hmm. with them. And this so. is another reason it pays to have a good network. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you can even find people that maybe are clients of of freelancers like yourself mm-hmm. that might be able to share that rate with you, right. what, they, what they pay for or what they budget for. So, and then that's um, that's basically what you, that you come to the the rate based on all of that information. Uh-huh. And the same thing works for raising your rates. The same formula works for mm-hmm. raising your rates. So if you've maybe been charging $50 an hour, but you're struggling to, you know, you've been charging $50 an hour for 10 years, you haven't given yourself a raise in 10 years, <laughs> uh, you know, present company excluded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad about it. I'll just own it right now. I'm so bad about raising rates. Anyway. Well, I talked the talk and I was telling everybody they need to raise their rates. And then I'm like, well, I probably need to raise mine if I'm I telling know, everybody else to. I know, because you were telling everybody, raise your rates, <laughs> raise your rates. And I wasn't raising my own rates. Anyway, so so yeah, if you um, if you kind of use that and kind of establish your rate, you can use the same formula for raising your rates. So if you're struggling to keep your head above water, your bills are increasing every year, and you haven't raised your rates, then use this formula. Mm-hmm. Decide what you what salary you need to make this whole thing work for you, right? And and adjust accordingly. Go through that process. And speaking of raising the rates, we were talking about yeah. I've been on a kick lately. You have how many people's rates have you helped raise? I don't know. A lot of people. I'm just everybody <laughs> I run into. Every woman business owner I run into, I'm like, you need to raise your rates. So when was the last time you raised your rates? And uh, I did finally. I'd been doing this for seven, eight years, and finally, the beginning of this year, I bumped my rate up. Right. And I I did it. You know, I've been encouraging everybody because you know. Hairstylist, massage therapist. My dog groomer raised her rates. Do you yeah. know her? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> maybe she maybe she heard it from someone else. But um I uh a friend of mine's a hairstylist has been My doing hairstylist. It. Yes, your she hairstylist. Raised her <laughs> she'd been doing she'd been doing it for uh probably thirty-five years. And I asked her, we were just having drinks out on her her deck, and I said, you know, I was talking about you know our what our one of our latest podcasts and blah blah blah. And uh, I said, when was the last time you raised your rates? And she took a sip, 
and said, I've never raised my rates. And I was like, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> and she said, 35 years or so. And I was like, you need to raise your rates. Right. So fast forward a few weeks later, we're having drinks on our deck. And she's like, you know what? I raised my rates. And you know what? Nobody even blinked. Nobody blinks. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. And she's got more free time. Because she has to work less. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's a beautiful thing. Fun fact: I don't know if you remember when we were in one of my clients' offices. On yes, Bizzle I business, remember this. And mm-hmm. she wanted to hire me to do some things, and Michelle had been after me, after me, after me to raise my rates. Melissa and- was charging way too little. Okay, seriously. <laughs> And so I did. I just popped out my new raise or my new rate. And she goes, perfect. (laughs) Right. Had you not been in the room, I don't know which way that would have gone. Because I have, you get that, well, I really want the job and you're my friend and I could do a good job for you, but I want it to be affordable. And it's like, wait a minute. Right. Just charge what you're worth. Own your worth. Own it. Own your worth, girl. Own your worth. So, yeah. That's so yeah, we've both been through this process and uh-huh. we've encouraged and some of the friends, we have another friend that's a massage therapist. She recently raised, raised her rates. rates. She needed to do it. Mm-hmm. I you know, I was I go to her, she's she's my massage therapist, and I didn't even know what I was paying, honestly. I mean, it was just something like I'm I want this service. Uh-huh. She's the one I want to perform it because she is the best in the business. And I don't even, I mean, I wasn't even aware. I mean, whatever she was charging, I was just like, here's my debit card, blah, blah, blah. You know, I right. wasn't even, I, it wasn't something I really thought about, you know. And when then when she actually verbalized to me what she was charging, I was like, you haven't raised your rates since you started, like, 10 years ago. Right. Because I knew that's what I was paying then. I was like, you have to raise your rates. You know, and I knew I was going to pay more as a result, but I didn't care. No. Because she needed to raise well, her rates. She's worth it. And here's the difference. She she struggled with that. She Good. was really concerned about people mm-hmm. turning away or not being able to afford mm-hmm. the service. My massage therapist is a man. I've gone to him for years. Mm-hmm. He's never even informed me when he raises his rate. <laughs> he just does. Right. And I, I mean, I never really know what it is, but I know it's more now than it used to be. Not that it matters because whatever right. whatever but he's never said oh melissa i've got i've got something to tell you i'm raising right. my rate he just says that'll be blah 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 and right. i give him my debit card no conversation exactly because he's a man he, he knows what he's worth bam right. he's yes. gonna charge he it. doesn't and this is not man hating this no. is man respecting it's kind of yeah, i wish man i had respecting. more of that absolutely well they just i really do believe that men approach business in a completely different mindset than women do and i think we both have we both bring a lot of value to the game right and there's a lot we can learn from our male counterparts, mm-hmm. you know. So something as, like in this example, exactly, I mean, perfect example. exactly, yeah. So as far as like when to do it, like you're thinking about raising your rates, when to do it, if you're struggling to meet your bills, mm-hmm. then now, mm-hmm. now is the time to raise your rates. Right. And I, I'm now on this. I, you know, I'm on the kick about telling everybody to raise the rates. I'm now also on a secondary kick of you need to do it annually. So Yeah, I wouldn't do it more than that. No, no, no. Annually, you need to make a habit of it. it consider it your cost of living increase mm-hmm. because your expenses go up every year. Well, and if you had a job, you'd be getting a cost of Absolutely. living Absolutely. Even if it be. was little bitty, teeny tiny, right. you'd get something. Exactly. Hopefully. Yeah. So, And if yeah. you're not, you might want to rethink that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that way it's also more gradual because when I raised my rates this past year, I mean, I bumped it up. Fifteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. so I'm at ninety now, and that's a that's a lot. Now I I had clients that didn't even blink, mm-hmm. so um, but that's a lot. And that at that point, fifteen dollars an hour, if it's going to be a big project, 
you might, you don't want to make a big deal out of it. Right. But you might want to inform people in some way. So if your point of service or point of sale kind of service, like a massage therapist, a hairstylist, or anybody that gets paid point of sale, um, then you might want to put a sign up visible. I know, I know I pay more for a haircut every year. My hairstylist raises her rates every year. And there's always a sign in November, December. Right. That says our rates are going to go up by this much or whatever. And so you know at the register that Mm -hmm. in January I'm going to be paying more, right? And so, and I think that's what our massage therapist friend did. She put up a sign that basically said as of this date, you know, because she was raising it quite a bit. Right. Um, So you may want to inform people, but you don't want to make a really big deal out of it. My husband, he's Mm -hmm. a man. Uh Uh-huh. He doesn't inform anybody. He just raises he just his raises. <laughs> and when when we were first starting out with his business, it was a little scary because we built this as we went. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and we we're like, oh gosh, what happens if we raise the rates and nobody comes? <laughs> but a lot of times when you raise your rate, if somebody has a problem with it, you're just clearing space on your calendar for somebody who doesn't. It's so true. Yeah, you really are. And you know, as far as doing it on an annual basis, I know that at least for freelancing, sometimes we get caught up in round numbers. Uh-huh. You know, so I charge fifty dollars an hour. It'll be weird if I charge fifty three. No, it's not. Right. So give yourself whatever percentage you decide you need to give yourself to make sure that you're still able to do business and keep your head above water on your bills. If that's three percent, if it's six percent, if it's two uh-huh. percent, it's okay if it's an odd number. It's okay if it's fifty three dollars and seven cents. I mean, right. you might just want to round right. up to 54. I mean, come on. But <laughs> make it easier on everybody. But, um, but yeah, you don't have to raise it in $5 increments or $10 no, increments. No. So be okay with you those numbers. You want to, but definitely right. don't have to. You don't to. have to, yeah. So as far as how to do it, yeah, you know, sometimes in some – don't do it mid-project. Oh, gosh. No, no you can't. No. You so, can't. yeah, if you, especially if you've already quoted somebody on something. Like I have uh, a client that I work with that um, – that oftentimes I'll bid things three months in advance. So she has an agency, and so she's bidding for bidding to her clients. Based on, in part, the what you bid Right. Her. And so I may bid something for her in December, and the project doesn't come forward until April. I'm still going to charge her what I bid. I'm going to charge her that rate, mm-hmm. even if I raise my rates in January. Right. Unless I tell her. My rates are going up in January, so this is not going to be valid. It's going to be this much if the project comes through later. But you don't do it mid-project. If you're in the middle of something, you can't just all of a sudden start charging right. $10 more an hour. Yeah. I mean, be no. true to your word on that. But, yeah, so in some cases you may, depending on your business, in some cases you may need to uh, let your clients know. But in a lot of cases, I've just, you know, like your husband, just just, raise the rate. just put it on the invoice, and yeah. that's what it is now. I did have a, a project couple weeks ago, I worked with someone three or four years ago, and um, she called and needed another video project, and I was like, sure. And so I went to bid it out, you know, went and talked to her about it and said, I'll send you an estimate. And then I looked back at what I charged her three or four years ago, and I was I like... I it was a big difference. It was a big difference. And I'm like, okay, I need to let her know. I can't just go for... You know what I mean? I can't... You can't move forward with her assuming it'll be like it was last right. time. So right. So I emailed her I meticulously, you know, put together estimate, and I said that my rates have gone up, and there's a few things we're doing differently now with the video side of the business that, you know, we're not charging by hour, we're charging by day rate and half day rate. So there's some changes, so it's going to be different. But then I also told her... I, I recognize that this, I mean, it was almost twice what she had paid the last mm-hmm. time for the same product. And so I said, here's, 
here's a here's a spot in this estimate that we talked, you know, when we were talking about the project. Right. Here's a place where you can save six hundred dollars. If we do this differently, instead of what we talked about, you can save money and we can bring that down. And it didn't it wasn't going to um, affect my per hour or anything like that. It was just a piece of the pie that we could do differently. Uh-huh. If we maneuver this piece of the project a little bit differently, we can bring it down closer. It was still going to be more than she paid three or four right. years ago, but it was going to be. It wasn't going to be sticker shock. And so we decided together to move forward in that way because I wanted to do the project. I wanted to provide her with this service, but I also recognized that she probably hadn't budgeted for that. No, <laughs> so so I worked with her on that, but I still got got paid. You right. know, I still got paid what I needed to get paid. So um, another kind of strategy on how to do it, and you've done this before, is starting a new rate with new clients as you transition others. So tell me about that. Well, it was kind of like the example when you and I were in one of my client's offices. Mm -hmm. I just charged her my new rate. Each client I brought on after I decided to raise my rates came in at the new rate. I had a couple of utility clients, and I just started to incrementally raise Mm -hmm. them because $15 is a lot. It is a lot, yeah. And so I would wait until the beginning of a nec- the next month or the beginning of the next project, and then I just gradually mm-hmm. bring them into line with everybody else. Yeah, so that works pretty well. And but yeah, I think the bi- the big thing is just not to make a huge deal out of it because no. here's the thing: so often the whole idea, all the things that you have wrapped up in pricing that you think your oh your client's not going to be able to afford it, no, they're going to. You know, they're going to go somewhere else. And all These are your feelings, not they theirs. Well, exactly. I went to my dog groomer. She raised her rates. She apologized for it. Don't apologize. And I said, <laughs> no. I said, you go, girl, because she didn't charge me much. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like anyway. Mm-hmm. And she's a solopreneur, and she's building her own thing. And you go, girl. I'll right. pay it. Yeah. I got a letter from AT&T in the same week saying, you know, your internet is going up. I mean, right. it is what it is. I mean, they're going to pay it or I'm not. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing is they're either going to pay it or they're not. So. And I'm going to pay it because they're the best service provider in my neighborhood. Right. And if it stops, if it, if it stops working for them, they can't pay it, then they're going to find someone else. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, on to tips for flat rate and per project pricing, because sometimes that can be difficult to set rates per project. Mm-hmm. People will ask often, because as I said earlier, sometimes hourly rates scare people. They have no idea how long it's going to take you for something. So if you say, I'm $50 an hour, I'm $100 an hour, all they, you know, their worst case scenario may right. come to mind. So they'll, they'll wonder, they'll want you to estimate per project. And I, on big things, I like to do that. Because I do know it, it. Everybody at the end of the at the end of the project knows there's no sticker shock. Everybody knows how much something's going to cost. Mm-hmm. But it can be challenging to get that put together in a way that you're not going to lose lose money. Right. So, what do you often do? Project pricing, or are you more? When I I don't do a lot of project pricing, but when I do, I've learned my lesson the hard way, <laughs> and I will put in the contract language up to and including X amount of hours, mm-hmm. up to and including. That's two good. revisions. Yes. Because if you're doing a project by committee, you're going to have 30 rounds of revisions, and that's just a bunch of 
that's that's completely unnecessary. Yeah. But if they're paying after two rounds, it's amazing how fast they can bring everything together. That's true. That so does I kind start of, charging at revision point too. That's that's a motivating factor because depending on the project, you can spend more time revising because so and so has this opinion and so and so has that opinion. Mm-hmm. You can spend more time revising than you do creating. So you have to spell out your up to and including hours and your up to and including. Uh, rounds of revisions, and then I just tell them what the rate will be after that, mm-hmm. and I usually make it more. Oh, that's a good strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, basically just really lining out the scope of the project. Right. Here's what you get for this money. Here, right. it's going to be twenty five hundred dollars. I'm going to write this website. It's going to take up to fifteen hours or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This just is what clearly defining it mm-hmm. and saying anything beyond this, that's important. Right. Anything it, beyond this is going to cost X amount be, per yeah. hour. Mm-hmm. And anything beyond two revisions is going to cost right. X amount per hour. Because we've all had them. Mm-hmm. Those flat rate projects where at the end, I might as well write them a check. I've spent so much right. freaking time yeah, on like it. You're, paying, like, you're getting paid 10 cents an hour. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the nickel. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be here at noon. I'll see you at the Penny Candy stand. <laughs> now I'm dating at myself. At the five and dive. Yeah. <laughs> We're dating ourselves now. Yeah, so that's 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 a really good point. Just making sure that scope is clearly defined, mm-hmm. that they know here's what I get for this amount of money and if and if I ask for anything except that which is on this, this is then what it's, it's gonna, gonna cost be cost this much. Well, and I will tell people too, if I'm working on a flat rate project and it's kind of going beyond mm-hmm. the scope, I'll say, Hey, just want to give you the heads up, we've only got two hours remaining on the initial bid. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because they lose track. I mean, it really is your responsibility to keep mm-hmm. track for them. Mm-hmm. They lose track. They're not, you know, it, as long as you're there for them providing service, they're going to keep asking for things. And it is your responsibility. Right. You can't, clear communication is probably the best tool mm-hmm. on all of this. It's just making sure, you know, they, they don't read your mind and they're not sitting next to you in your office watching right. you work at, with, a, with a timer. They don't know what's happening so you've got to you've got to let them know right. you've got to clearly communicate well and them. if they're just getting back with you in 5 and 10 minute bursts mm-hmm. they don't realize that you've got 45 minutes for each one of those because you're doing whatever they ask right exactly, you know? exactly. and so it just yeah i think mm-hmm. it just clears up the confusion of that final invoice yeah surprise no you shouldn't be you know, i learned a trick from one of my clients um uh when she she runs an agency and when she puts together an estimate for a, a new client. She has everybody involved in the project bring in their hours and uh-huh. say it's gonna it's gonna be this many hours at this rate for me and she brings them all together. Then she adds twenty percent. That's a good idea. And she does that and I asked her about that and she she said it's because inevitably things take more time, you mm-hmm. know. We and especially, you know, I know I, I'm notorious for underestimating the amount of time something's gonna take. Oh me too. Absolutely notorious. There should be like a FBI wanted poster for me on this. So adding 20%, then that kind of can help you ensure that you're right. That gives you some wiggle room. Mm-hmm. So so there, there's a tip. Yeah, there. I like that. I, I might move forward with that. And I know you've done this before. And I have a differing opinion, and I don't think you do it anymore. <laughs> but different rates for different I do, levels of tasks. I, I have one rate for everything I do, but there is one client that I used to work on site for, mm-hmm. and I have different rates for projects for him. See, so tell us about that. How the way that that plays out for you? I just track them differently in Harvest. So what do you? But what do you track differently? Like. Tell me, tell me about the the types of tasks they are. I will do creative tasks. Mm-hmm. 
at one rate. Mm-hmm. I'll do research at another. Research is a completely different animal to me. It doesn't take nearly as much time. Right. And I, and that was my position when I worked uh-huh. there was yeah. research. So gotcha. that's a different rate. Yeah, yeah. So basically everything is one rate, research is another. Okay. And so, so is research less than everything else? Yeah. See, okay. <laughs> See, because I, I completely disagree with this. I think it's your your time is worth you. Well, yeah, we're moving in different directions, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not something I do a whole lot of, right? And really, it's pretty much a flat rate. But when those projects come up, uh huh. See, I've, I I feel very strongly that if you're doing the task, you should charge what you charge, and you shouldn't reduce. You reduce it because you feel like it takes less energy or brain power to do it. Your time is worth your time. Now we'll disagree. We'll agree to disagree. We'll on agree that. to disagree on that one. No, I. Well, and it's also it's a different relationship. I mean, this yes. person is a friend. I worked on site for him. Whenever I need, you know, if yeah. I hit a slow period, yeah, they'll fill fill my clock. Yeah. whatever. So yeah. now that said, I have done. I have worked on like if we're working on a big video project. There's a lot of coordination, like um, scheduling appointments and scheduling things like that. And I will usually put those in in the proposal. I will put those in as admin, and I do do a lower rate on those. Uh-huh. Time however, is time. However, I'm going to start. Yes, time is time. I need to follow my own, you know, because I talk the talk. And I write, <laughs> raise um, your rates, she raise says. Your- <laughs> <laughs> however, I have one out there right now that I've, I did propose it that way, and I'm going to hire a virtual assistant. Or someone else, you know, or someone else at a lower rate to do that task for me. So, so I think Best it's okay. Use of time and talent. I mean, that right. makes perfect exactly. sense. I really want a VA, and I detest scheduling appointments. I just, I don't love it at all. It's like my worst skill set is scheduling really? stuff. Oh, I can't. Ah. Oh. Yes. I'm like, oh, can someone please make these calls or send these emails? It's so hard. That's it's so hard. So awesome. I need somebody else to do that. So so I've decided that, yeah, because arguably, if I hate doing the task that much, I should charge much, much more for it. <laughs> exactly. But I don't think anybody's going to want I just paid $125 <laughs> an hour for scheduling. Somebody's going to say, oh, That's right. So what? I can't do that. So I need to hire, I recognize I need to hire, outsource that, right. that task to somebody. So, um, but yeah, I don't, I, I feel pretty strongly that if it's your time, it's worth the amount of money that you charge for it. And it's kind of a flat rate. But I, I understand the philosophy behind behind it. I understand that it takes less brain power and less energy. Well, to a lot do of times it's something tasks. I can be doing at my on my iPad at my on my desk. Right. I mean, I'm not necessarily at my desk. Right. Right. But still, yeah. it's your time. <laughs> yes, girl, you're worth it. I know. You're worth I it. I know. Your research, you got mad research <laughs> mad skills. They're worth skills. They're wor- so worth it. So yeah, I, that's kind of. And I do know, and also I think it's just confusing in, you know, when you're actually doing the invoicing process and all of that stuff, oh, it's you just like, see my yeah, you've got this right for that right and this right for that right. Out. Yeah. So I, yeah. But they're all really good. Yeah. They're all really good mm-hmm. right now. So anyway. That's good. Anyway. So um, next thing we want to talk about is dealing with pushback and the negotiators. Oh, the negotiators. The negotiators. So these are... These are folks that um, when you tell them your rate or you tell them how much a project's going to start, going to cost, they start trying to get that number down, negotiate that that amount down, or um, try to get a deal. Yeah. So and I've had it happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I remember somebody had been referred to me, and this was several years ago for a project, and called and what they wanted was right up my alley. It's something I could have done pretty quickly, pretty easily. Wanted to know my rate. Mm-hmm. I gave it my rate, and oh, <laughs> oh well, you know, I'm that's that's above what I was thinking. And I said, okay, hey, no problem. I totally have someone I can refer you to because I'm mm-hmm. not going to work for fifteen dollars an hour. Right. I'm no. not going to do mm-hmm. it. I mean, if I'm going to work for fifteen dollars an hour. I'm going to go be a barista mm-hmm. and read books between customers. I'm like going to work at the wine center, and I'm going to... Ooh, that yeah. would be a good one. Yeah. Just give out <laughs> samples of wine all day. I mean, I'm going to do... for 50, I'm, I'm going to do something completely different. Yes, arrange flowers. That's what I want to do for <gasps> that $15 is, Yeah, for me, it's yes. a barista. Like, I just want to give yeah. people coffee and make them happy make them and happy. send them on their way. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't going to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Well... And and he emailed me back two and two or three different times trying to get me to see what? the light. And I am like, what? dude, you're he was asking me for half hard. my rate. Oh, it is not gonna no. happen. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. what was upsetting to me is I ended up looking like the bad guy. This guy was just really good at I don't know, I guess I don't know the no. right title for this. Yeah, <laughs> but right. yes, I, somehow or another, I ended up looking like the bad guy. Well, you felt like I you felt were, like the bad guy. Right. He, but yeah. why would I take on a project for no. half my rate? No. with somebody I don't know. Because no. if I'm going to give it away, there are many organizations I will volunteer my time. Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Yeah, and especially for someone you don't know. Here's right. the thing: because if they're trying to negotiate at the beginning of the rela- relationship, when we've done nothing, when you've done nothing together, yeah, and you've got no relationship, and they're trying already trying to to devalue uh-huh. your service at the beginning of the relationship, Run. first of all, it's only going to continue. Run. And it's probably going to get worse. Right. So run, yes. Uh-huh. Run, don't walk away from that. And I had a client try to negotiate halfway through a project. Well, through a social media contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So-and-so and the warehouse does it for this. And I'm like, great. Hire Go so-and-so. With them. I've told this story before mm-hmm. on the podcast. I had a, a client that I'd done some work for. And uh, it was a little copywriting work, and they knew I did video production. And they came back and said, hey, we would love for you to put together this video. We have a bunch of raw video from that somebody else shot. Uh-huh. And how much would it cost for you to – it's like 30 minutes worth of raw video. How much would it cost for you to, you know, basically edit it down to two minutes? Right. I said, well, first of all, I need to – First of all, I need to see the video, you know what I'm working with. Second of all, I need to know what your what your purpose is before I can even tell you. Right. So they sent me the video and I took a look at it and I gave them and I thought I was lowballing. I I was lowballing because I wanted to get my foot in the industry. It was a travel industry uh-huh. and I really wanted to get my foot. I was like, "Oh, I'd love to travel the world and shoot video of these beautiful trips that they offer." Right. And What's uh, not to love. Yeah, so they um I uh Took a look at it and I lowballed it and I think it was, I think I was telling him something like twelve hundred dollars because it was a lot. It was more than thirty minutes of video. It was a lot of video. Mm-hmm. And then they had, oh and yeah, maybe you could do this while you're at it. And this they had like this laundry list. <sighs> and so I was lowballing because it probably was still like a five thousand dollar project. I mean seriously, it was going to take that much time. Oh my god. And and so I sent back a lowball estimate and they came back and they said, well we've got somebody here in their city and I think they were up in Pacific Northwest somewhere. We've got someone in our city that said they'll do it for $250. And I said, well, you should hire him. (laughs) (laughs) Because 
There is no way I can do that for $250. And I still wonder, were they just trying to negotiate or did they really have somebody? But I said, I, I, I cut it off. I think if they really had somebody for $250, they wouldn't have been talking to you in the first place. You're probably place. right. And that's that's a point I, would, I do want to raise because here's the thing, like... If they're trying to negotiate with you, they see value in your service. Right. They want your service. Right. They just want it cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so it's either because that's who they are, they always have to get a deal, or it's because they don't have the budget. One way or another, you don't want to work with them. No, because they, it's not going to get better. They can go find somebody who will do it for less. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to negotiate with you because they know you're you're good at it. Right. And they want they want you to do it. You know, and here's a here's a fun fact. The, the guy that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, when I started setting my rates that offered me more, mm-hmm. he always paid me well. I worked for him for years. It was through an ad agency, and I was mm-hmm. you know, a contractor. But he always paid me well, and he always treated me with respect, and I always put mm-hmm. his work in front. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a concept. Right. And it's like, here's the thing. Like, you don't go into... I, I go back to the beauty business so often because I just... I love the fact that, you know... They get paid at point of service, right? You know, and they and a <laughs> lot of them raise their rates every, you know, and but you know you wouldn't walk in to to your hair, to get your haircut or cut in color. You wouldn't walk in and before, you know, you start before you go to the shampoo bowl, you wouldn't say, you know, I know this costs one hundred twenty dollars, but I only want to pay fifty for it. Right, you'd get chased out of the shop. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, so for. I like to use them as an example because we all go in and get our hair cut. Some of us get it colored, whatever. We all use this type of service. Mm-hmm. And they're running an individual business. Most hairstylists are running their own individual business. They, It's not a negotiation for them. No. And it shouldn't be a negotiation for a copywriter, a video producer, uh Anybody doing any kind of a personal fitness trainer, your rate is what your rate is, and it should not be a negotiation. Speaking of negotiations, I found uh, an article on Adobe.com that talks about some of the phrases that we've all heard. The warning, here's the warning signs. The warning signs. Like if you hear these phrases, run. (laughs) Uh, The first one is it's an opportunity to be seen by a great audience. Oh, Oh. Oh, exposure. Yes. Exposure. Exposure. Hmm. You know, I mean, the exposure doesn't pay doesn't, the rent. No, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't. No. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, exposure also, it's kind of outdated at this point because you can put your thing on the internet with the right, right keywords. Exactly. You, you can, can get, get up on social media and, yeah, get some exposure. Right. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't take you very long. Mm-mm. No, it shouldn't take you very long at all because there's no skill or, you know, challenge to what you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, especially when it's coming from somebody who doesn't. Do it. They've hired you. Right. They've hired you to do the service because they don't know how to do it, but they say, oh, it shouldn't take you very long. Right. How these, do they know? These carefully worded manipulative phrases are designed to take advantage of freelancers where they're the most vulnerable. Uh, places like job instability, risk management, romanticizing a passion. Because a lot of times we get into this line of work because it's our passion. Right. I love mm-hmm. words. I yes. love projects that have a lot of words that I can put together in a way that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, here's another one. We don't have a budget for this one, but we will for the next. Well, call me, call me call for me the then. next project. Call me then. <laughs> uh, let's start off with this rush project. If somebody oh, is in a rush yes. for the first project, they are always going to be in a rush. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, there are rare occasions. If you already have an established relationship with someone, then that's different. But oh, yeah, I take rush projects new, from ex- established right. clients all the time. But a brand new, a brand new mm-hmm. person is coming to you with a rush project that got me into trouble. That I've talked about this before 
I had a rush project, brand new client. I was new in the business, had only been in business for a couple months. And I ended up getting stiffed for over $3,000 worth of hours because the project was moving so quickly that I wasn't, I mean, it was literally coming together in two weeks and Uh. I didn't have time to invoice like, or, or do the whole here, I need this much down, or I didn't know to ask for anything down and on the front end. And then when it came time to invoice, they said they didn't have the money. And I ended up getting stiffed for Dang three it, grand. That's a lot of money. It, that's a warning sign. Rush project. A new pro, a new client comes in and says, "Oh my gosh, we need to get it together really quickly." And yeah. Well, Michael Dolan, the senior creative director with Quartz, says anytime a freelancer hears the words "Will you work in trade?" <laughs> they should take off. <laughs> now, now, I, I, there are a few exceptions. Okay, there are a few exceptions to this. I have worked in trade before. When it, when you see value in the trade, when you see value yeah. in the trade, so I. I did do some work uh, for a client. I we started talking about a project. It was a big project. They didn't have budgeted, but they wanted they really wanted it done. And so we were back and forth with the budget. And I sent them a budget, and it was probably twice as much as they hoped. And they came back and they kind of jokingly said, "Would you be interested in working in trade for part of the for part of it?" And I said based on their product or service, I said, heck yes, I would. I actually would. It was a, tra- it was a different travel company. And so ended up on a trip down the Danube River okay. in trade. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I might take that trade. Right. So, Or sometimes if it's a service, like my hairstylist trades work with a massage therapist. They do uh-huh. a trade back and forth. So if you see value, I'll, I'll disagree to a certain extent on that if you see value if in the trade. If you see value. And again, very important to get that stuff in writing. Right. So make sure it's in writing. Make sure you have an agreement. Make sure you invoice them in for the trade portion so that you have credit on your mm-hmm. account. There's there are certain steps you need to put in place. But yeah, but if somebody comes to you flat out and just asks you to right. do a trade and it's something you would never use. Well, and you know, I'm all about the, the barter or the trade, but you only have so many hours in the day, too. Right, and trade so doesn't pay trade the bills. Them all out. Right, <laughs> you can't you can't take your trade. You can't take your trade and pay your mortgage. <laughs> Here's another one. We are reviewing proposals before choosing an artist. Would you provide a few concepts? I've been asked to provide copy. No, and sample copy, and no. I won't do it. No, I, I no, no. No. <laughs> I mean, if somebody wants to see if I can write copy, I have a portfolio on my website. Okay. Yes, exactly. So here's here's back to the beauty business. Am I going to walk into my hairstylist or a new hairstylist? Let's say I go into a new hairstylist, walk into a new hairstylist and say, you know, I really think I want to work with you, but I'm, I'm, I really want you to work on my hair, but I'm, I'm checking out a few shops. Would you mind just trimming it up here a little bit <laughs> and I'll see if I like it and then I'll let you know if yeah we'll we'll touch base in I three if to that five would days. work yeah I would no, have, it's not gonna, it's not work, gonna work I could use a bang trim right now I wonder <laughs> if that will work it maybe go down to you know one of the salons and just just, just check pop it yeah just, I'm just pop testing in. out I'm new, testing out new, new providers yeah. it, that wouldn't work in their business I'll I'll mention you on my blog right it'll be great exposure it would not work in their business no. it doesn't work in your, in ours no it doesn't work in anyone's business Ugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have to sit here and be mad for a minute. Well, and that that brings me to something hilarious that I saw. So I'm on a, the Freelancing Females, and I know you are, Facebook group, mm-hmm. which is a great group. There's great a lot group. of activity on that group. But um, 
there was a gal, uh, this conversation came up about money mm-hmm. uh, and about negotiators, people who were trying to um, get that rate down or somebody oh, had taken on a project Ugh. and somebody had taken on a project and they needed to help figuring out how to gracefully step out of the project because it had gone beyond scope and the people didn't want to pay and all of this stuff. So a gal, uh, Carolyn Strand, with CJ Strand Cyberhype, she's based in the UK, mm-hmm. and she's a digital market, she has a digital marketing agency. She had this hilarious response. And basically the response was um, she uses a filter that if um, – she uses a filter that if it wouldn't work for a surgeon – she won't do it. So if, if for example, hold on a second, <laughs> for example. So um, what's happening? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're having a little, te- having a little, a little technical, technical issue, issue there. <laughs> so um, anyway, so Carolyn Strand, CJ Strand, Cyberhype. She, um, for example, so if she has a, maybe is laying out a digital marketing plan for a potential client. And there are steps when you're on working on a big project, right. there are steps that... Right. This has to happen for this to work, and then this has to happen for this to work for you to get an end product that's going to be what you mm-hmm. want that end product to be. So she said it's really effective for her because she can she can tell a client, she can explain to a client, well, if they're trying, well, can we just skimp on step two or maybe take that out or whatever? <clears throat> she can say, well, that would be like if you asked your surgeon who was doing heart surgery, if you asked your surgeon to cut out the anesthesia because you wanted a lower price on your surgery. Right. So she's able to kind of I explain like it. it in in terms that people will understand. But yeah, if it's not going you wouldn't ask a surgeon mm-hmm. to skip, oh, I'm sorry, I need a cheaper surgeon. Right. Right. And so we need to value I need your budget option. Right. And I know I understand I do understand that surgery is sometimes a life and death type of situation. However, what we do, we need to value what we do. And we need to, we need to make sure. Well, and there are steps that go into the process to make the process work. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, for example, the video project that I was referring mm-hmm. to, I did go through there, and I said we can cut this out. Like this is something we talked about that we that we wanted to do, but we can cut this out, and it will save you money. That's possible. But some of the other stuff, no, you can't. Right. You it's can't. part of the yeah. process. So you know. If I think that's a beautiful filter to use. Like if it's something like, okay, this, yeah, th- if you approach a project and you're like, this will work, mm-hmm. I can, yeah, we can peel that out. But otherwise, yeah, if a surgeon, if you wouldn't ask a surgeon to do it, don't ask me right, to do it. Right, right. And I love it. I do. That is good. <laughs> Surgery. Who knew? <laughs> well, I think ultimately we get so far behind because we start so far behind. We need to yes. have the confidence to just ask. And I mean, I've been in the business a minute now. Um, you know, quite a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And I finally feel confident when I say to people, you get what you pay for, because I'll be like, oh, well, so-and-so can, you know, blah, 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 this for half that. And I'm like, great, you get what you pay for. Right. And I have enough confidence in my own, you know, my own skills and abilities that I that I can go into negotiations confidently. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I couldn't. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I totally couldn't. And I still stress about it. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't. Like yeah. the late invoices. I always stress about mm-hmm. sending the reminder. Yes. Just don't pay me late and we won't have any problems. Right. Exactly. You know, and so yes. there's there's such a weird dynamic around money. Right. And I think that's why this whole idea of being more transparent about it, you know, let's, I think that that's, I think that's really important to, to be able to boldly just, you know, blurt out your rate and right. not... And not have any emotional attachment to it, mm-hmm. and know that you're worth it. That's it is why what it is. That's why it's important to go through that process in the mm-hmm. beginning before you ever set it to to 
take a good look at yourself and your experience, your skills, and what you can bring to the table mm-hmm. and evaluate that and and own it. Right. And so that you can set a rate that you're that you're not you're not embarrassed or shy about putting out there. Mm-hmm. So and the thing in every industry, in every industry, the people who pay the least always want the most. Oh yeah. And you have to decide if you're willing to I mean they're always the higher maintenance clients, always in my experience the people who pay the least have always needed and mm-hmm. wanted to squeeze every bit out of that hourly rate that they can. And do you want do you want to do that, or would you rather work for somebody who respects your rate, understands the value that you bring to the table, and will let you kind of take it and run with it? Oftentimes, and, the bigger the client, the easier the project. Yeah. They know the process. They mm-hmm. know that you're delivering. Right, exactly. They're seeing it. They don't need to track you. Exactly. To make sure that that 50 bucks didn't go to waste. Right, right. And so, I mean, and there are people that are going to work for a lower hourly rate because they're just starting out or maybe they don't have the skills and experience that you do mm-hmm. that you can always refer them to. And that's, again, building a good network. Right. We've um, recently referred several people out to, you know, we had too much on our plates, so we referred. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel like you're giving work away. What you put out comes back. It too. does. You open up space in your calendar for for other things to come. Right. So I think that's all, that's um, something you just need to remember. So... What do we have? Uh, so, as we're kind of wrapping up here, you've got the formula for what? Right. You know, we should put that on the website. Let's I think do. I'll, let's let's okay. do. Okay, we're going to put that formula on the website. You, you can go to wobizzle.com to get the the, the uh, rate formula. Yeah, the rate formula, and um, and also just kind of some general tips and tricks for uh, raising your rates and also setting your rates. As far as when to do it and how, you know, you know now how. How to do it, and you've got some tips for flat rate and per project pricing, and then you've heard some of those warning signs and some skills. Know when to run. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and, so, and learning some skills for um, for be- the, when you get the pushback. So uh, that brings us now to gratitude. Do you have any gratitude to share this week? Yes, a matter of fact, I do. Well, tell me about it. I am flying west. I am going to California Yay! with a client. Yay! That's a, work-related travel is so fun sometimes. I know. Yeah, it's and this like, is really I'm, special. This it is, is a really cool. It thing is. That you're I'm doing. super, super, super mm-hmm. excited. So that's what I'm grateful for is to get my travel on. Yeah, excellent. Well, I'm grateful for you. I'm um my gratitude moment. I I've, I've been loving the weather. Oh we've, my gosh, it's been so nice. Yeah, we've had just beautiful spring. It feels like we're not in Colorado, but it feels like we are in a Colorado spring. It's I know, just even low though humidity. It's summer in, you know, yes, summer in Missouri, and but we're having a beautiful Colorado spring here in June in Missouri, <laughs> and um, so that's been nice. I'm very grateful that for that. I'm also grateful for. Uh, I've had. I've really, really right now. I have a wonderful balance of projects. Oh, that's you know, always it's, nice. I'm doing things that I love, and it's keeping me very busy. It's keeping me a little busier than I anticipated to be this summer, but I'm really loving the work. And well, so, that's good. Yeah, so I'm having a really, really nice time with my balance of projects. And then I got paid twice last week, so Whew. I know that's always good. <laughs> I mean, you gotta love it. You gotta when, love when the checks are yeah, on time. Yeah. So, so those are the things that I'm, I'm grateful for this week. So. 
Well, in wrapping up, uh, as always, if you've got questions or maybe you have tips for setting your rates or raising your rates, go to Wobizzle.com or go to our Facebook group, the Women of Wobizzle. If you haven't joined yet, please do. Just request to join. It's really easy to do, and we'd be glad to have you. Once again, thanks. Thanks for listening to the Wobizzle podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you prefer to listen. If you love what we're putting down, please rate us too. That would mean a lot. But most importantly, we want you to be part of our community. Head over to Facebook and request to join our group, the Women of Wobizzle, and get the tools you need to succeed by signing up for our free weekly marketing tips at wobizzle.com. We want to know what you're thinking. What challenges do you face? What questions do you have about running your business? Contact us on wobizzle.com and let us know. Bye Bye for for now. now.